Okay, well, today's topic is injuries. So <laughs> we're here with Anna. I put the injury in personal injury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, every case is personal. <laughs> um, so we were, when we were talking about different topics for the week and what to talk about, we had talked about how we both love to work out. Um, and we like to take different classes and we yeah. actually took one together this week. We took cycling. And it was really fun. Um, but working at a personal injury firm, it's kind of funny because you think of all the different liabilities that there are as you're kind of just living your life. Oh, absolutely. So like working out at a gym, let's say, I'm sure people get injured all the time. Is that something that the gym can be liable for or is it specifics like what the old age answer it always depends depends on how you get hurt what happens you know whenever you sign up for a gym like the one that we go to you have to sign off on a waiver you assume the risks of x y and z you assume the risk of injury you know if you're improperly uh using a barbell and you happen to strain your back can you go after the gym for that? No, that's your own fault. <laughs> right. Because um, they, I mean, they didn't do anything that was neg negligent. Right, right. Right. They just provided the equipment, which allowed you to hurt yourself, essentially. Right. Bad form. Probably have hurt myself a couple times. So yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so. Haven't we all? I know I have many a times with gymnastics. I can see three scars just looking down at my body right Anna's now. half bionic from my, all of The right injuries. side of my body is entirely bionic my right arm I've had two plates 10 screws wow with significant scarring were any of them personal injuries or just injuries no, it was, that you it was all gymnastics and yourself. cheerleading okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah um I mean I was tiny when I was in eighth grade just honing in on my skills and I still couldn't grasp body control. So I used my body as a human mat. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of my injury trajectory. And, you know, right. I, I tore my ACL doing almost exactly the same exact thing. 10 years later, still got a screw in there. Yeah. Broke my left ankle, fractured both my middle fingers, my thumb, my L5 is significantly chipped. I tore an ab. And I hit my limbs on the day-to-day -day basis, as you hear you should in my in office. Bubble. Yeah. <laughs> so, so We're going to have to toddler-proof her office. Yeah. Um, but circling back around with your own injuries, how has that facilitated that your treatment was done correctly and making sure that you are, you know, taken care of? Well, I guess my injuries growing up from five years old to even now – it's what facilitated my interest in personal injury in the first place and separate and apart from finding liability or the litigation process, I feel like it fuels an even greater understanding as to how important treatment is after you do go through a traumatic motor vehicle collision or a premise liability accident, things like that. Treatment is so important and you have to listen to your body, listen to the doctors and really focus on yourself and getting yourself back to where you were before. And 
as someone who loves to work out, I hate being constrained by an injury. <laughs> you know me. Um, so I know that's the biggest concern our clients walk in with. Am I going to be normal or am I going to be feeling the way that I used to feel? And I guess that's our job to try to get them back to where they were before they came into our office. So um, I think my experience with treating and breaking my arm and tearing my knee and understanding the trials and tribulations that go through it, I think allows me to understand not only where our clients are coming from, but allows me to advocate better for them once it comes to negotiating with adjusters or the litigation process, because it really is a life-altering experience, regardless of what you're going through. Right. And that's why it is important to listen to your doctors. And I know that sometimes people call us and they are like, well, should I go to the doctor? Right. And, I mean, we can't answer that. Right. Like, do you feel like you need to go to the doctor? Right. Um, and I think sometimes they get nervous, our clients or, or clients in general get nervous because they don't want to make a wrong move that right. might hinder their case, which shouldn't be the case. Right. right? I you, mean, you just yeah. have to do what's best for yourself, but that's the best advice we can do, which is follow the treatment, follow your doctor's orders and do what you need to do for yourself. And we also get a lot of questions on what's the time frame for this case? When can I expect it to get resolved? And my answer is always think of your personal injury case is the body healing process. Because well, sometimes it is. It's it, that's exactly what it is. It's as long as you're treating and you're healing, we're doing what we need to behind the scenes to get your case moving. But a lot of times until you've reached your maximum medical improvement or you're back to where you were, it's kind of how the case is going to follow. So treatment's just really important. And it's not what you say, it's what's documented in those records. So that's also another reason why it's extremely important because that's how we prove you are injured to the degree that you're injured. Right. You know, Bob always says, he's not going to listen to me and he's not going to listen to you. The adjuster is going to read the medical records and yeah. that's how we are going to... And then they'll listen to you. <laughs> and then yeah. they'll listen to me. Yes, of course. So um, it's it's a multifactorial reason to why treatment is so important, I guess, just right. to go full circle. Right. And it is interesting that sometimes, you know, we do have people who come in and think that something happened and they go to the doctor and we get the medical records and the medical records reflect something Ooh, different. Something way different than what happened. <laughs> That's always fun. And we're like, what happened? <laughs> so We got to have those every once in a while. Yes. Keep us on our toes. Yeah. That's why it is. Medical records are very important to evaluate I mean, our, the our, case yeah, from the case in general. The day that it walks in the door. So. If you are there, so you can't sue for everything. Like right. obviously, there are certain thresholds that you have to meet. Right. What is something? Well, that for you instance, have to do? I What's know the criteria for that. If you are at the gym and you do get hurt, what makes it a personal injury? For instance, the gym that we go to, they just underwent significant re renovations, right? And and this is just an example. Yeah. And say they were renovating the weight room and. Um, they still allowed people to work out there, but it was a little bit under construction. They still left things a little bit of mess, 
and uh, there was a significant hole that they created that was in the floor or something along those lines. This is hypothetical. Hypothetical. You come along, you trip and fall, um, and you injured yourself. That's a potential way to recoup for your injuries. Got it. Because presumably they were undergoing the renovations. They were aware of said hole in the floor in which they should remain liable for that. And in most circumstances, there has to be something wrong. So, like, if you're on a treadmill and it's short-circuiting and they know about it and they don't change it and right. then you get hurt. Right. So you, you see signs saying, oh, this treadmill is closed until X date. We need parts, something right. like that. Because presumably if something does malfunction, you'll go and let them know. Yeah. But if you do go and let them know and they don't do anything about it and you hop on that treadmill and it completely malfunctions, causing you to fall off, then they're on notice of that and can potentially right. be held liable. You Maybe you know the answer to this, maybe not. But if you are in a personal training session and you tell someone, oh, I have... Like I, I have a, a shoulder injury and then you end up getting injured from something that they've told you to do. Is that something or is that kind of like a gray area? A little bit of a gray area. Like I say, it always depends. Right. Um, if they are significantly pushing you outside the scope that you should be pushing yourself, it could be. Um, I would lean towards more of a physical therapist, say if you were rehabbing a shoulder injury with a physical therapist. They know your limitations, they know your injuries, they know exactly what you should be doing to rehab that injury. Now, if they're having you do something that they know is not within the rules for trying to get you back to uh, 100%, that could potentially lead you to liability. But it's, like I said, it's always a matter of circumstance. Matter of circumstance, yeah. Um, it just... So what you're saying is I don't have any excuse to not work out. No, never. <laughs> and now you have to go to spin with me every week. <laughs> yes, I will. I will. Um, so obviously the gym is a place, but what about the type of clothing you wear? Does that matter? Like shoes? Um for instance, if you're wearing heels to an event and something goes wrong, there's, you know, a, a hole in the floor or something and you you fall and you break your ankle or whatever. Like, does our insurance company is going to try and say they're not liable? Is it does that affect a case, the type of shoe wear that you're wearing? I mean, it could if there's a hole in the floor. Significant enough for you to fall Sure, heels will probably help you go down quicker or roll your ankle quicker, but if, if it's a significant enough defect in the floor, um, at least coming from the plaintiff's attorney perspective, that shouldn't matter uh, because it shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. So I know that when we intake a case and there is a slip and fall, we usually do ask what kind of shoe oh, where were you wearing. Yeah. So just curious as to why do we ask that question you know we have to evaluate all the circumstances gotcha yeah because i'm sure insurance companies do try to use they can use as an excuse they for can not. use everything <laughs> and anything against you not that they are allowed to but they will look to anything 
Right. Um, actually, speaking of looking into anything, it's kind of branches off into a subsection, but it's interesting is when you are in the middle of a personal injury case and depositions arise and you're gathering records, um, I think sometimes clients are surprised of how much and how in-depth the questions can be in depositions like medical records, how many years of medical records that they can get and you can get and ask questions that maybe they didn't realize were going to come up and might be uncomfortable to a client or um, like if there's drinking problems or drug issues or anything from the past that that can come back up and be questioned in a deposition. Oh, absolutely. Even if it has nothing to do with the injury. Medical records can be either defense attorney's best friend or the plaintiff's attorney's best friend. It really depends what's in there. But those records can tell a telltale sign of how you are as a person. They evaluate you of your subjective complaints, how you present, are you in distress, those are just the surface level things that they look at before they even start evaluating you for whatever injury you're in there for. But they keep record of your past history of everything. Um, and a lot of times your medical providers do communicate with one another upon your consent, but they will keep track of what you've been diagnosed with in the past and prior surgeries just so that they can treat you to the best way that they can. So it. It is a pretty extensive history that these medical records keep, and it can be interesting when they're brought up in depositions. Right, because right. I'm sure, I don't think people probably up front when they sign up for a personal injury realize that they can go back into your past um, and try and use that either against you or um, towards it might help. Um, right. But, yeah, is there... I'm just surprised that there isn't a rule that stops that from happening if it's not, if it has nothing to do with the injury. It's just a way for, it sounds like, it sounds like a way for the insurance company to build a case against. Like I said, it depends. Um, It's, they can use certain things in there to question your character if it's blatantly irrelevant or wholly inapplicable to anything that's going on. You can throw an objection out, but um, typically there's wide range of questioning happening at depositions, and it's, it's kind of a free-for-all. It's, if you have it, you can ask it. We can object to it, um, but unless it's a matter of privilege or something like that, or if it's just completely obscure or just irrelevant or just demeaning to the person, you know, we can object, but. Right, because that's our job. To yeah. Obviously protect them. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's interesting. It's always just been something that I've found intriguing yeah. about the personal injury world. Yeah, you can, you can find some really good information in medical records. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, interesting. But it's also what's not contained in the medical records, too. I used to do a lot of medical malpractice, and a lot of times you don't focus on what was said in the records. You focus on what wasn't in the records, and you compare it to what actually happened. 
And so... Do you have an example offhand? Oh, gosh. Just a broad, ambiguous example. You say you have a botched surgery. You know it was a botched surgery because this person, patient, had a follow-up surgery, and they said everything that went wrong in that operative report. But the first operative report makes it sound like absolutely nothing went wrong. So... So it's also kind of working against the medical records, too, because right. someone was obviously trying to cover right. their own and, and not saying that happens all the time because it, it doesn't. Right. I truly trust our healthcare providers. Um, but, you know, sometimes things do happen. There's just a lot of different moving parts in a case that you exactly. have to be aware of and look deep into and make sure that everything was exactly. done correctly. Well, and that's why deposition prep is sometimes can take a long time because you want to evaluate every little detail that's contained in those records. So you just never know what you're going to find, Bria. There we go. 